We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core. Rick Green coming with you today. Uh, you know, Walker and I are going to be basically playing ping pong every week. It's going to be fun. He'll do Monday. I'll do Tuesday. He'll do Wednesday. I'll do Thursday. And then we'll flip a coin, see who gets to do Friday. It's going to be great. Looking forward to it. So glad to be a part of the American Family Association family. Uh, I am uh, I am thrilled to be able to spend uh, twice a week with you in the afternoon. Have enjoyed getting to come to you once in a while, filling in for Walker over the last year or so. Uh, but, uh, but now on a regular basis, I uh, get to come and share and, and chat, take your calls. I love hearing from you and love talking about what you want to talk about. So looking forward to having your input and questions and calls as well. What a, what a great day, uh, to begin this, this new, uh, not new relationship, but this new schedule, I guess I should say, of being with you on a regular basis. Uh, this is, this is very, very exciting to see what is happening across the country. I just got off the road with a 16 city comedy and constitution tour with my buddy, Brad Stein and Colonel Allen West. And, and uh, just had got to meet a ton of people across Texas where we did the tour. And then just last weekend I was in Washington state and also over in Memphis, Tennessee, speaking at events uh, all over the nation and just amazed at the outpouring of people hungry to know truth and willing to fight for that truth. That's the big one, man. That's, that's what's been so hard to find for so long is people that would be willing to stand up for truth and fight for truth, especially in politics or even in the courts. You know, I, I've been complaining a lot. You, if you've listened to me at all over the last two years, I have complained about the courts not doing their job under the Constitution to stop a lot of this COVID insanity and the overreach of government doing things it was never designed to do and never given permission by we the people. To do and and the courts have just been so hesitant to do the right thing to uphold the constitution to uphold uh, the, the 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 proper role of government instead of letting it take over healthcare and do all of these crazy things it's done over the last two years. So I've been very critical of the court, including the Supreme Court and including Donald Trump's appointees on the Supreme Court, because there's been cases where I thought Gorsuch was off the rails, and definitely cases where Kavanaugh and Barrett were off the rails on COVID. They they have unfortunately. Uh, been terrible, just to be blunt, on on those issues. However, today I want to thank Justice Kavanaugh and Justice Barrett and Justice Gorsuch and, of course, Justice Thomas, the best Supreme Court justice we have right now and have had for decades, um, and uh, and then of course Justice Alito. So this uh, this leaked opinion, everybody's heard about it. You've seen it all over the place. I just want to start off by saying, folks, it's not over. It's not done yet. This is a leaked opinion, a leaked um, written draft opinion from Justice Alito that assumes that they have five votes to overturn Roe v. Wade and Casey. Uh, this is this is huge, huge. And when I say assumes that they have the votes, what we're hearing and, and what we understand from the leak is that they already took a vote in February. But that's a test vote, folks. That That isn't an official vote. So the official vote will not happen for another two months. And that's why this thing was leaked. I have no doubt in my mind 
you know, we don't have evidence yet, but boy, I, I will be shocked if we don't find out this was leaked by a a left wing clerk. Now, I don't think any of the justices, even as bad as those three left wing justices are. I don't think they would have leaked this, but I do think one of their staff members would have leaked it. Someone clerking uh, leaked this thing and, and that will come out. Justice Roberts has already said he's he's going to launch an investigation in the uh, court marshals. Um, we'll, we'll be finding out who leaked this and there will be consequences. It's horrific that it was leaked folks. This has never happened in my lifetime. Never in my life has a Supreme court draft opinion been leaked. Now that in and of itself is pretty impressive when you think about it, because you've had, I mean, five, four decision after five, four decision where, you know, the judges are at each other's throats in the back room, talking about this stuff and doing their test votes and drafting their opinions and their staffs are definitely at each other's throats and, and you know, very uh, strongly, shall we say, disagreeing on the big issues of the day. Now, a whole other topic. I don't want to go down too many rabbit trails here, but the big issues of the day shouldn't even be at the U.S. Supreme Court. They should not be the ones deciding major policy issues like abortion uh, and so many other issues. But uh, that's a whole other topic. We're, that's where we are. We live under the Constitution right now, not the Constitution. And so under the Constitution, um, they are the ones that have been making all the big decisions for the last few decades and continue to be the ones making those decisions. So the fact that they would be making these massive decisions about every issue you can imagine, guns, abortion, religion, freedom of religion, I mean, all of these things, you would think that there would have been leaked opinions over the last few decades when they have these knockdown, drag out issues at the U.S. Supreme Court. But no, no, it's never happened. This is the first time in my lifetime, and I can't even point to a time in history that it happened. I'm sure it did, but in my lifetime, it hasn't happened. So this is a big deal. And and the fact that it was leaked, I mean, there, there's no doubt in my mind, this was done to intimidate uh, to to marshal the troops, man. This was done to kick off more rioting across our nation. Let's not forget, can I just take you back to when Kavanaugh was nominated? In fact, that's probably how I should set this whole thing up. This national debate over abortion has been going on for 50 years. So Roe v. Wade's about to turn 50, folks, and it's about to be overturned. Praise God. But the fact that the court even intervened and did Roe v. Wade People on both sides of, of the ideological aisle in legal communities have said horrible decision. They had no business creating a right to an abortion. This should have continued to be left to the states as it was prior to Roe v. Wade. But they did step in. And when they did, they made it an even more politicized and, and issue that split the country because now people couldn't even have their voice heard. You, you, you couldn't elect a state rep or a state senator and have your state have a good policy on this because the Supreme Court was saying, we're going to decide for everybody. We're, we're going to make it a court institution, not a constitution. And it's what we say that matters. And that's why the Casey opinion all those years later, 20 years later in, in 1992, was so bad because they didn't even they didn't even justify their reasoning or their decision making. They just said, we're just going to keep Roe going uh, and, and actually make it even even worse. So I'm, I know I'm rambling here a little bit, but I just want you to understand the big picture of this thing is that th this court decision, Roe v. Wade, that so many people got involved in politics over. So many people ran for office over the pro-life issue. This is the number one issue. All of this could have been avoided at such a national, at each other's throats level if the court had done the proper thing 50 years ago and said, this is an issue left to the states and each state can decide. <clears throat> but instead, 
uh, they decided to take it over and force abortion onto every one of the 50 states, even in the states that did not want to have the taking of innocent life happen in their particular state. So the court made it an issue. And one of the great things about this draft opinion that has been leaked, if it turns out to be accurate, and if it really is what Alito is uh, going to submit as, as the majority opinion, and he really does already have five votes to make it the majority opinion, he tackles exactly that question of constitutionality, the proper role of the courts, uh, whether or not they should have ever waded into this in the first place. I mean, he goes through all of that, and it is so good. He's saying everything that we on... Uh, you know, from a conservative constitutional perspective, have said for years with regard to the proper role of the court, the proper role on this issue. Uh, it's it's a phenomenal, phenomenal opinion. So I'm excited about that part. I am gravely concerned about the fact that it was leaked. This does much damage to the court itself, to our process. Um, it, it, it's designed to create all of these riots that will no doubt begin to happen. Uh, the protesting is already happening at the Supreme Court level. And where I was headed with all that and kind of got off track is the fact that when Kavanaugh was nominated by Donald Trump, everybody knew this could potentially be a fifth vote to overturn Roe v. Wade. And that's why you had all of the lies about things he did in college, all of the de defamation of this man. And, and, and frankly, the rioting and the insurrection, if I can use that word, that took place in Washington, D.C., in the Capitol buildings, the left took over, not the rotunda that we typically think of as the Capitol, but other Capitol buildings where the senators and the reps and others have their offices. They took it over. They beat on the door. They, I mean, it was crazy the things that they did. And it was all because they knew if Kavanaugh got on the court, there was a potential for a 5-4 decision if Roberts went with them to overturn Roe v. Wade. So they were already doing crazy stuff back then just because it's, it might happen. Well, now it's happening. And if this if this leaked opinion turns out to be accurate, it's done. Roe v. Wade is being overturned and being lambasted by the court to say this was unconstitutional from the beginning. Roe v. Wade was unconstitutional from the beginning. And so Amy Coney Barrett is just the icing on the cake. That assures that there's five votes because now you don't need Roberts. And so the the intended consequence of leaking the opinion would would probably work on a Roberts. You, you could get him to switch his position on an issue based on chaos in the nation and thinking he's going to bring peace and all this stuff. Don't think that's going to work with with Barrett, Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, Thomas or Alito. So the five votes are there. Roberts, we don't know where he's going to go. We know where the three leftists are going to go. They will obviously uh, be against overturning Roe v. Wade and they'll have dissenting opinions that will make it sound like there's going to be back alley abortions and all these things that they always say is going to happen, even though it's not going to happen. Um, and, and this doesn't even end abortion in America, folks. So let's be honest about what this actually does. It sends it back to the states. And so you're probably going to have 20 to 25 states that immediately will end abortion. And then you're going to have 20 to 25 states that will keep abortion and, and it's going to be split. And then people can vote with their feet and move to states that reflect their values. So it is going to cause, I believe, a further decoupling across the nation and a further divide in the nation in terms of people moving and living in states that reflect their values. I think that's actually kind of a healthy thing. Um, but it's also going to cause some real political battles in these purple, even blue states that are becoming purple and potentially red, like a Washington state. You've got an opportunity in Washington State to 
turn out a, a massive, I mean, a tsunami of votes of people that weren't involved before or even Democrats and moderates that voted you know, uh, for Democrats in the past. And now because of critical race theory and because of parents not you know, being told they don't have any business in their child's education and because of all the transgender insanity, all those things are pushing all of these millions of voters over to Republicans. And so you could end up with a tsunami in a lot of these blue states that then turn red, that then turn and pass legislation to end abortion in their state after this Supreme Court decision. So this is huge, folks. It's huge, huge, huge. Uh, it is not the end of the issue, though. So as I've started to say, uh, what this means is that the votes are there right now. The official final vote will be about two months from right now. So until they release this, uh, they could do it sooner. I mean, I, and, and I'm actually nobody said this yet, but I'm going to I'm going to throw out a little bit of a potential prediction here that the justices will actually uh, be so appalled by the fact that this thing leaked and they will actually be concerned about rioting and about their own safety. I mean, look, if they're not putting triple security on the five pro-life justices at this point, they're crazy because you know there's some lunatic out there that would love to take out one of those votes and and prevent this thing from, from happening. So um, I think there's a chance. Here's my potential, my prediction for a potential outcome that they would go ahead and do a final vote and release that final vote and those and the opinion in order to not have two months of, you know, uh, efforts to intimidate, efforts to change the court's position on this. So that could happen. We'll see. Uh, not likely, but it could happen. Uh, we're going to take a break in just a second. And when, when we do, when we come back, I want to share, I think, the best article out there so far in the last, you know, it's only been, what, 12 hours, 24 hours maybe uh, since this thing has happened. The best summation so far that I've seen is Daniel Horowitz over at The Blaze. Um, good friend of mine, does a lot of our, our events at Patriot Academy, and, and just a great guy, brilliant, brilliant guy um, on so many issues. And he's got a great article. If you go over to TheBlaze.com, it's by Daniel Horowitz. It's called Five Observations and Outcomes from, from the Supreme Court's Likely Reversal of Roe and Casey. And I, I'm going to kind of walk through that when we come back because I think it's such good content, and I want to make sure I give, um, you know, Props to Daniel for being the one that, that, that wrote this, but I completely agree with his main bullet points, and I want to share those with you when we come back from the break. But folks, right now, praise God. Absolutely, it's a time to praise God and thank Him. We've been working towards this for decades and decades, and we are, it's right in front of us, finally to overturn Roe v. Wade, finally uh, to, to, to allow states to, to, to be righteous and not allow abortion in their states. Exciting times, folks. We'll be right back. You're listening to Rick Green on AFA at the Cool. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Jeremiah descended from a priestly lineage in Judah. He grew up in Anathoth, about two to four miles northeast of Jerusalem, where the temple was located. He began ministering prophetically about 627 B.C., during the 13th year of King Josiah's reign. This is about five years before Josiah began Judah's spiritual reformation. It is very likely that Josiah's reformation was influenced by Jeremiah's preaching. 
Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. The secret place. As a child, it was a fort. As a college student, it was the study desk nestled in the stacks at the library. As a parent, it might be the floor of your pantry where you can hide and eat cookies in peace. We all have our favorite places to escape, but here's one more secret place for you to find retreat, your relationship with God. Throughout scripture, Jesus and his apostles reference fellowship with God as the secret place. Matthew 6 and Psalm 91 both state that the presence of God is a secret place. Guide your girl to view her relationship with her creator as a safe haven through your actions like meditative prayer or quiet morning devotional time Show her that time spent with Him can be a true respite. Want to learn more? Read about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Emmy was in a bad relationship when she found out she was pregnant. Her boyfriend told her to get an abortion, which she seriously considered. I knew that if I got an abortion, a part of me would be broken. Emmy went to a preborn center in need of guidance. They honestly were able to put every fear at ease and let me know that it was going to be okay. Because of them, he's here. I couldn't imagine my life without him. Preborn clinics introduce moms in crisis to their babies through ultrasound while providing hope, love, and the gospel in action. When an expectant mother meets her baby on ultrasound and hears the heartbeat, she's 80% more likely to choose life for her baby to find out more, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Your love can save a life. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. I'm Rick Green, hosting on Tuesdays and Thursdays now. Walker Robin will still keep Mondays and Wednesdays, and we'll flip a coin each week for who gets to have Friday. We're going to have a great time co-hosting this show for you in the coming months, and maybe even years. Who knows when? We'll, how long we'll all uh, be together. But sure appreciate you listening today. Uh, I want to dive back into the leaked Supreme Court draft opinion. Uh, this is a draft majority opinion that overturns Roe v. Wade. It doesn't just overturn Roe v. Wade and Casey. It actually... Uh, is a scathing opinion uh, against the court itself for even deciding the way that it did 50 years ago. Uh, really well written, um, powerful, powerful constitutional history and makes so many good points in the opinion. Uh, and, and the most important of which I think is is just the fact that that the, the court lied to the American people back 50 years ago and ignored basic constitutional principles on whether or not it should even uh, uh, find something like a right to abortion in the Constitution. I mean, they had to really stretch and just made stuff up 50 years ago. Now, most people on the left and right, if you're in legal circles, you already kind of know this, that most people agree it was a horribly decided opinion, was not based on precedent, was not based on the Constitution. They literally pulled this stuff out of thin air and uh, and created this this right to an abortion. But one of the things that Alito really points out well in the opinion is the fact that there wasn't, you know, in order to find... A, a, a due process right to abortion in the Constitution. You have to find that it's a right 
uh, that even though it's a right that wasn't mentioned in the in the Constitution, it's a right that has a rich history in the country and, and has is clearly part of our common law, part of our state laws and, and our federal laws in, in the past, even if it wasn't specifically mentioned in the Constitution. And the re- reason I say that, I think it is important for us to know all of your rights are not delineated in the Constitution. That's what the Ninth and Tenth Amendments are all about. It's Ninth specifically says that, you know, that even though we do talk a lot about specific rights, like the right of self-defense, freedom of religion, those kind of things in the Constitution, there's other rights that aren't in there. So it's not an exhaustive list of all of your rights in the Constitution. It is an exhaustive list of all of the powers of government. So while all of your rights are not listed, all of the government's powers are listed. That's what the Tenth, Ninth and Tenth Amendment both um, are all about. And, and of course, we've gotten away from that and, and we've allowed government to have all kinds of new powers, even they're not, though they're not listed in the Constitution. It's not how the founders saw it. It's not how it should be. We can turn that around. That's another topic for another day. Uh, but this issue of individual rights that aren't particularly listed in the Constitution, the way the court has always decided that in the past, they've said, well, if it's, quote, deeply rooted in this nation's history and tradition, uh, th- then it might have a, an implicit concept of ordered liberty. In other words, you got to show that this is something that the nation has supported as an individual right, even though it wasn't listed in the Constitution. Well, there's no way to do that with abortion. They didn't even make an attempt to do that in Roe v. Wade. And there's no way you can say that that had a, a rich history in, in American history. Absolutely did not. Most states outlawed abortion. Uh, most states outlawed abortion in, in all cases. And, and a handful of states had some exceptions and allowed for life of the mother and that kind of thing. But only a handful. And so anyway, that I think Alito's history lesson in the draft opinion is fantastic. And I think that's going to be one of the big pluses to this particular decision. But let me go over to my buddy Daniel Horowitz here. He, he did a, an article today called Five Observations and Outcomes from the Supreme Court's Likely Reversal of Roe and Casey. And while I'm teeing this up and running through these, I'll give out the phone number real quick because we'd love to have you call in with your comments, questions. I'll even take insults. Whatever you got, call in and share that with us. The phone number is 888 888- That's 888-589-8840. And uh, any question, comment, uh, call in and we'll get to those in just a second. Let me run through these five main takeaways that Horowitz points out with regard to this this (laughs) leaked, uh, stolen. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know the right way to describe it because the fact that they did this, this is far worse than anything that happened on January 6th. Uh, 2021 at, at the Capitol. This this is literally trying to undermine completely a branch of the government and encourage violence and rioting and all that. That's There's no other explanation for leaking this thing other than to create chaos in the nation to try to get the court to change its mind before it officially releases an, the, the final vote. <clears throat> so anyway, here's based on the uh, draft opinion as written now. Daniel says this, the decision is a shield, not a judicial sword. I think that's a great metaphor for this. So even though all the left is going nuts right now and saying, oh, nobody back alley abortions, nobody will be able to get an abortion. I mean, they're good. This is a God for them, folks. This is this is a a bowing at the feet of Moloch at Baal. I mean, they 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 have built their lives. It's a religion to them. They built the political parties around keeping the right to take a baby's life in the womb. They are sold out to this evil. This decision, though, does not end abortion in America. What it does is it sends it back to the states like it was before Roe v. Wade, and it it allows the states to decide for themselves. So it's a shield for states that want to end abortion. It is not a sword 
to force states to end abortion. Hope that makes sense. But I think that's that's really well stated by Daniel. I think that's important for us to recognize. Um, it is it is not a a raw judicial power uh, tr- trying to tell the states what to do. It's the opposite. It's actually saying states get to make these decisions. Legislators get to make these decisions, and that's the real point here. The people get to decide a hotly contested political issue, not unelected, unaccountable judges on the Supreme Court. That's a very important distinction for us to recognize and actually to celebrate. So I think it's important for us to to, to embrace that and understand that's actually, I mean, though I would love to have a pro-life amendment to the Constitution that ends abortion in all 50 states, I would love to pass that, folks. It's not possible. You're not going to get that done. And so when when we're this split on an issue in the nation, I think the court is doing the right thing by stepping out and saying, should have been left to the states all along, let the states decide. So it's a shield, not a sword. This will actually cause, uh, and Daniel uh, predicts that there's probably 20 states that will completely ban abortions. I think there's 13 states with trigger laws. I know my home state of Texas has a trigger law. What that means is as soon as the court overturns Roe v. Wade, it immediately bans abortion in that state. So we have a trigger law, and and the trigger trigger is the court saying Roe v. Wade is overturned, and then immediately um, they don't even have to call a special session. They don't have to come back and vote on it. They've already voted on it. They've already passed the law banning abortion in in Texas and and essentially saying when Roe v. Wade is overturned, if and when, and at this point it looks like it's just going to be when, then abortion will be outlawed in Texas. Now, there's 13 states with those kind of trigger laws. Uh, Daniel estimates about 20 states will immediately ban abortion. So some of those will have to go back into session to do that if they don't have a trigger law. But he's saying, now it's up to them. Now it's up to the states. So it's unlike the federal government saying, you have to wear a mask or you are not allowed to define marriage. We're going to define it for you. Or a lot of these other crazy things where it is a sword. It's the court using a sword to force the states to do things. That's not the case here. This overturning of Roe v. Wade is a shield, not a sword. So excellent point on that one, Daniel. His second point is red states should move forward on many other issues. This is something nobody else is talking about. He's spot on here. What he's saying is a lot of, and I remember this when I was alleged, I used to be a state rep in Texas, and and so often we would bring an important issue to the floor to debate, and people would get up and say, ah, you know, I don't think we should pass that because the court, the U.S. Supreme Court, has said so-and-so, or the court would do this, and legislators would not do their job of legislating because of fear that the court would overturn what they were legislating. Legislatures, do the right thing and let the chips fall where they may. Pass the good legislation and let it make its way up to the Supreme Court because you now have a Supreme Court, at least if this opinion goes forward, that is willing to say there's certain things we shouldn't be deciding. We're going to leave it to the states. And so if a state wants to uh, overturn certain things or stop uh, doing certain things, they absolutely have the right to do that. So I hope there's some states that will immediately define marriage as man, uh, one man and one woman again and and send that and let it go to the Supreme Court. Obergefell was unconstitutional, even worse than Roe, as Daniel says in this article. And uh, and you cannot possibly find, um, um, you know, a, a deeply rooted right in the nation's history and traditions to do some of these things. So states get bold. That's what he's saying. That's the second point. Red states start passing legislation on other issues. And let's get all of that stuff sent up to the court. Third point he makes real quick. If you got a comment on any of these points or the decision itself, or you just want to say praise the Lord for overturning Roe v. Wade with this vote and and pray for the safety of our judges and the process so that when they do release a final vote, that it's still the same. 
<clears throat> if you want to comment on any of that, call into 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. Third point that Daniel makes in the article, Kavanaugh and Barrett will likely make us pay for this. And he just goes on to make the point, look, they've sold us out already on a couple of issues uh, that are actually more impactful to most people's lives. Uh, in terms of forcing healthcare workers and military members to get a potentially deadly shot. Um, they've gone the wrong way on some very important religious liberty issues, and they've been saving their political capital, as Daniel says, for this particular issue. <clears throat> I would expect them to rule um, with the moderates or the leftists on many more issues in the near future after ruling the right way on this one. Now, granted, this is the most important one, right? This is life. So I'm if they're going to go with us on anything, this is the one we want them to go with us on. Uh, but I'm afraid he may be right that they're going to make us pay for it in the long run. Point number four, and, and these last three points are <clears throat> um, not about the specific issue and the specific opinion, but the impact it's going to have in the coming months. And I think this is so true. He says anti-abortion rhinos will be hard to beat. So uh, normally we'd say pro-life uh, rhinos will be hard to beat. So if you have a <clears throat> Republican in name only in your state that has voted with Big Pharma and done the bidding of Big Pharma and and all of these other issues and been terrible on COVID, terrible on on all the you know spending and and everything else. But yet they voted pro life. They're probably going to get reelected in November because they're going to just stand uh, stand up and, uh, and applaud and say we got Roe v. Wade overturned. That's the most the most important thing. Um, I would say try to look past you know tr try to try to look deeper into the issues when you're voting. And you probably got multiple pro-life candidates in your Republican primaries out there. So don't reelect some rhino Republican just because they're pro-life. If you have a, a pro-life candidate going against them, that's also good on individual liberties and freedom of religion and the Second Amendment and all these other issues. So I hope Daniel ends up being wrong on point four. But I think from a practical political perspective, he's probably right. You're going to end up with a lot of these rhino Republicans that because of this decision, they're going to be able uh, to milk this for all it's worth and uh, and get reelected just because they were pro-life. And again, it's the number one issue, but there are a lot of other issues. And that's his fifth point. Pro-life is about so much more than just abortion. And I'll just read this part to you. He says, while potential reversal of Roe is cause for celebration, and it is, he says, we must remember that the left has moved on to bigger and greater things. They are now essentially aborting live-born adults in America's hospitals with barbaric treatment, blocking life-saving treatment, and forcing biomedical tyranny on our bodies. So they want to control our minds, our bodies, in the most literal way of transhumanism. And unlike abortion, where we can avoid it for ourselves and our families, those things are being forced upon us. Thus, we, mu we must uh, be careful not to allow the Republican Party to use the celebration over a hard-fought victory on yesterday's battle to obscure their treachery in being a party to today's assault on life. So really, really good points uh, from Daniel on that. I think we have to keep seeing the big picture, not be blinded by a victory here on Roe v. Wade. Not saying we shouldn't celebrate. I am celebrating. I cried my eyes out last night in celebration uh, because we've been working on this one for 30 years, me personally, and I know many of you out there, 50 years you've been trying to get Roe v. Wade overturned. So this is a great victory or purports to be a great victory once we get the final vote. And uh, we'll see how soon that's going to be. Uh, but I'm excited. I hope you're excited. But let's also keep our eyes on the big picture as well um, and uh, and make sure that we don't allow them to intimidate these judges. So that article by Daniel is uh, is on um, it's on the website where the podcast is and linked in there. And so you can go check out the entire 
article. Let's try to get in a call before we take our next break. We've got, uh, let's see, Russell in Kansas is our first call of the day. Russell, how you doing, man? Thanks for calling in. What's your comment or question or insult? Whatever you got. Well, I think that we're approaching this thing from totally the wrong point of view. I'm a retired auto mechanic, and you never fix a problem by fixing a symptom. you got to go to the cause of the problem. Um, abortion is not our problem. Our problem is when does life begin? And it is a federal issue from the standpoint that the, we've got a, a clause there at what's the beginning of the Constitution where it says we hold these truths to be self-evident, that we're endowed by our, our uh, maker to uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You can't have liberty without life. You can't have pursuit of happiness without first having life and liberty. So we've got to define what life is. And, of course, whether you talk about being a Christian or being a, a, a medical science scientist, it's at the point of conception. Well, the second you determine that life be, begins at conception, then uh, abortion becomes a moot issue because we've got thousands of laws and, and history and, and uh uh, morality that says that it's improper to take a life without um, proper cause, and you know they never get the the right to a lawyer. They never get the right to a, a yeah. Um, no, no. Listen, uh, Russell, I I, I I agree with what you're saying. I, I hate to cut you off, but we're gonna we're headed to a break here in just a second. Um, and, and I want to at least respond a little bit to what, what you're saying. So I, I agree. The underlying issue absolutely is is if it's life, it shouldn't be taken, and the law should protect that life in all 50 states. It's sort of like slavery. We wouldn't want to leave slavery to the states to decide, and that's why we fought a war to stop leaving it to the uh, states to decide. But the political reality of where we are right now and what could actually get done is this is the first step. First, you have to send it back to the states, and now we're going to fight exactly what you just said. We're going to fight that battle on the ground in all 50 states, and we're going to and we're going to work towards ending abortion in all 50 states. It's not going to happen immediately, and and but I do think people will vote with their feet. Once we win that battle, and I think we can get to 30 states that outlaw abortion and people can vote with their feet and move to those states that reflect that that value. Uh, but in terms of the principles, I agree with you. Every, everything you're saying, I 100 percent agree. It is life at conception and therefore should be protected. Uh, you don't get liberty without that. Um, only correction I'll make on what you said is that that we hold these truths is in the Declaration. Life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness is in the Declaration, not the Constitution. But they are to be taken together. And if you take our class on the Constitution, that's one of the things we point out. The Declaration is the slab on which the home of the Constitution is built. You can't have the Constitution. It doesn't work without the philosophy in the Declaration, which is what you're pointing out so brilliantly, Russell. And that philosophy is that we're endowed by these rights. Uh, we're endowed with these rights from our creator. And so life itself comes from the creator, and the proper role of government is to protect that life. That's why government exists. It says that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. So spot on on the principles, Russell's, Russell, but practically speaking, this is a huge victory, and it's the first step towards ending abortion in America. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back on AFA at the Court. When you hear this, this is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. Dear One Million Moms, 
I've always thought that maybe your organization was making a mountain out of a molehill. But today, I cannot believe what I just saw on my TV. Concerned about the trash flowing into your home through today's media that simply will not censor itself? Make your voice heard. If you see trash in the media, tell us. Use the Submit Trash button at 1millionmoms.com. That's 1millionmoms.com. And thanks. My wife's aunt passed away, and we received a, a considerable inheritance from that. We heard on American Family Radio about the opportunity to participate in a charitable gift annuity. We talked to the people at AFA Foundation, uh, Riley, Chelsea, and, and their crew that they work with, and they were very uh, caring, uh, very easy to work with, and with no pressure whatsoever. They guided us through the process and made it a very easy thing to do. See if a charitable gift annuity is right for you. Call the AFA Foundation at 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. What excites us about the charitable gift annuity is we will always have income coming in. It will be steady. Uh, we won't outlive it. The AFA Foundation, the Financial Stewardship Division of the American Family Association. Where does revival really begin? Well, there's a clear answer to that in the scripture. It starts with you. A.W. Tozer said, a man by his sin may waste himself, which is to waste that which on earth is most like God. This is man's greatest tragedy and God's heaviest grief. God longs for those he created to be walking in the fullness of his glory so the world can see what an extraordinary God He is. If you want to see national revival, it begins with personal reviving. Draw a circle around yourself and ask God to begin His movement in your heart. Be open and honest and let Him move. This is Bill Eliff for OneCry.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. Rick Green with you today, and we are taking on this topic of the Supreme Court leaked draft opinion by Samuel Alito, uh, overturning Roe and Casey, uh, not modifying, not just uh, just tweaking or, or, or you know messing around the edges a little bit. I mean, obliterating Roe and Casey and and I think in a brilliant way I mean really going back to all of the things that were considered and the things that weren't considered when those decisions were handed down it was horrible ju jurisprudence anybody that that goes to law school and studies how this stuff works uh, you know understands just how bad those decisions were but those on the left just like the outcome so so they were happy to, to stick with the outcome if they could keep abortion um, on demand available all across the country which is a religion to some of these people this this is all about you know, bowing to Moloch and, 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 and Baal and, and, and sacrificing children. And for them, it has absolutely become a religion. <clears throat> and so, you know, it didn't matter how good the jurisprudence was or, or was not. They just wanted the outcome. So uh, in the previous segment, I did talk about Daniel Horwich's uh, article. We got a link to that in the, in the podcast notes. And I hope you'll check that out. Thanks, Daniel. Hat tip to you for, for give, letting me share that content on, on today's program. I think hat tip is the right segue to our next call, even though it's not a hat, it is boots. So boots in Texas is calling. And that has got to be 
absolutely the best note I've ever seen on the next phone call. Boots in Texas. I am thrilled to have Boots on the call. How are you, Boots? What are we talking about today? I'm good. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you very much for doing this. I'll try and be quick so you can get other people in. Uh, I have been working and praying uh, for the abolition of Roe v. Wade for the 50 years. Wow. And as I'm caught up in the joy, uh, I'm my conscience is peaked a little bit for the about the people that are caught up in this in the wrong way. And I would suggest that we take a moment and pause as in our excitement and joy here and pray for the people that are going to fight us, that are going to take this negatively, um, that maybe their hearts and their minds uh, would be changed because they're a child of God just like we are. That's it. Hey, Boots, I appreciate your call, man. Uh, I, I agree with, uh, with with all of that up to the very end. I don't know if they're a child of God or not. Uh, you, you generally know by their fruit, and and uh, that doesn't mean they can't be changed. And I know people that have been pro-abortion activists for most of their life, and God changed their heart. So you're right on. It can be done, absolutely. And they may be a child of God. Uh, whether or not they are, I don't know. But I, I totally agree. Pray for your enemies. Absolutely commanded to do that all through the Bible. Also, I would pray a lot of those Psalms of War uh, that were given in the Bible as well, when the enemy is taking innocent life, um, and and that their designs would be destroyed, that the things that they, their schemes and all of that would be turned on them. So it's a mixed bag. I mean, I I think for some of these people, um, you know, definitely, I hope God changes their heart. But as long as they are uh, pushing the agenda that they are, I'm going to pray for their defeat uh, politically while praying for their heart spiritually. I hope that makes sense. Boots, great call. Appreciate that very much. We also have David in Iowa calling. David, how you doing, man? Thanks for calling in. What's your comment or question? Oh, thanks, Rick. Um, my question is, I mean, this, to, to me, whoever leaked that, a staffer or whoever, it's equal to a high crime. Like you mentioned, it was equal to January 6th. I fully agree. I mean, this could cause riots. This can, I, it's as big as anything that we've been going through, and we've been going through a lot. My question is, can they not be charged and, and, and uh, you know, put on trial? Um, or do they just get to become a celebrity out there for the left? Yeah, you know, I have not had a chance uh, to look at the statutes on that yet. Uh, I, I know there are some saying that it's not a crime. I, I saw one article just very quickly uh, scanned it, uh, a professor that's saying, um, there are actually criminal laws against leaking classified information, but this is not classified and th there's no statute that's been passed to make it illegal for a clerk um, to do this. Obviously, tradition and, and rules of the court, um, you know, in terms of when they're hired, they probably violated their, um, you know, their their promises when they, when they uh, were hired. Uh, so there might be civil remedies, but I, I honestly don't know the answer to that as to whether or not there's an actual crime there should be. Right. Should be. Maybe this is a statute that does need to get passed and Democrats and Republicans could come together on this because it does create exactly what you just said, the potential for rioting and efforts to try and intimidate uh, the courts and, and, and even encourage, you know, some of the crazies out there to do crazy things. So um, I, I'll have to do a little more homework on that one and uh, and get back to you on that. Maybe I can hit that on Thursday when I'm back on the program. But um, I don't I, I don't know if there's a specific law that was violated here. Now, I, I know 
Uh, our producer Bobby was telling me that uh, that that uh, uh, McConnell, uh, Minority Leader McConnell, and some of the other senators just at a press conference, and I haven't had a chance to watch it, but I think they were talking about added security for the justices, and maybe they t- they addressed this. Maybe they addressed whether or not it's actually violating a law and what could be done in response to it. But great question, David. I wish I had a better answer for you. When I don't know, I say I don't know, <laughs> and I don't know on the, on this one. But I, I promise to look into it and hopefully have some some more information on that one for you for Thursday. I completely agree that it is it, it is uh, uh, a, a, as bad or far worse than than what happened on January 6th because of the undermining of an entire branch of government here and trying to, I mean, listen, it, they, they called it an insurrection for people even wanting the Constitution to be followed with regard to counting the right, count, counting the votes and verifying that the, um, that the right electors were sent from a state. I mean, that was just a constitutional process and they called that an insurrection. If you just supported the idea, not if you, broke glass and busted into the if you just supported the idea that they should follow the constitution on this uh they called that an insurrection well here you've got an undermining of the entire branch of the judiciary uh clearly that uh that is a problem if the left if this was the other way around folks you know the left would be finding a way to create a crime out of it and and the doj would be after them and they'd be getting arrested with flashbangs just like they did to anybody that was there on january 6th even if they didn't do anything bad you know they would be doing that. I I, I don't always uh, support the idea of 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 uh, you know stooping to their level. So I I have to say you should fight fire with fire, but I do want to make sure that we're actually following the law on uh, in this situation. Uh, and I, I would expect that it won't be long before we find out who leaked. Okay, let's move over to Ohio. This is uh, Hannah up next in Ohio. Hannah, thanks for calling in. What's your comment or question? Uh, well, my comment is about the leaked documents. Like, I've seen quite a few people celebrating it, and I could be a little bit behind. I just got off work, but I haven't seen any, like, dare I say, fact check on it that it is a legit document. Like, yeah, it could be leaked, but it could also be doctored. So, like, my opinion is we shouldn't really be celebrating it just, just yet, just because how do we know it's not been doctored and just because I, I find it ironic that it was released a day before here in Ohio, our primaries. And I know the Democrats, their polling numbers are low and they're scrambling on how can they keep majority because if they lose majority, then they're sitting ducks. Yeah. I, I, well, to the authentication, I think justice Roberts has authenticated that it is accurate. Um, his, uh, you know, the court, issued a, a, a paper or not a paper, I'm sorry, issued a statement today and said, although the document described in yesterday's reports is authentic, it does not represent a decision by the court or the final position of any member on the issues in the case. So so the documents authentic is what they've officially said. Um, and and so that's definitely the opinion of at least Justice Alito. I don't know what you might be right on is I don't know that they authenticated or that they guaranteed that yes five of the justices did vote in february that's the other thing that was leaked was that that what they do is these test votes initially on a case to see where everybody is so that they can decide okay well who's going to write the um, opinion for the majority who's going to write the opinion for the minority and they circulate draft opinions sometimes a vote will change based on those opinions and that's really the other thing that that the statement was saying was that you know the these votes may change um by the time the final majority opinion is circulated again and and we cast our our final vote. So yeah, I I I do. I I just want to make sure we know the document has been authenticated. That is Sam Alito's 
draft majority opinion, and he would not be circulating that draft majority opinion if they had not already had a vote that said that was the that they had five, at least five, uh, for that. So, um, uh, you're right though. I mean, why would they leak it? Because because yeah, I mean, it's gonna this is gonna turn out both sides. I mean, we you know we're gonna see a, a, an increase in turnout on the pro life side, but. Honestly, our side is terrible at this. Our side tends to say, oh, we won. I can stay home. <laughs> and they won't even show up and vote now. It's like, you know, my mentor, David Barton, always says, you know, the problem with Christian conservatives is is when we show up, if we win, we go home and don't stay involved. If we lose, we go home and don't stay involved. So we need to not do that, right? Our side needs to be motivated by this and know, and we've got to educate everybody to know all this does is bring it back to the state level. Therefore, your vote is even more important than it's ever been. The left is going to fundraise like crazy on this. They're going to turn out their voters on this. You you can bet it's going to increase voter turnout for the left. We need to make sure that it increases voter turnout for the conservatives as well. Those who care about the Constitution, who care about life, who care about biblical values. Our turnout needs to be greater than ever before. This should spur you on to know that voting works that when you're involved in the process and when you're engaged and living out the principles of liberty and actually using your freedom to protect freedom, it works. This decision would not be handed down right now if Donald Trump had not been elected president in 2016. This, they, Let's give credit where credit is due. He made sure that the appointments that he made for the U.S. Supreme Court were conservative constitutionalists, at least on most issues, and this decision is now being handed down or will be handed down in two months if it takes that long at this point because of your votes in 2016. Uh, I think back to when the inauguration happened and Tim Wildman came on my program, Wall Builders Live, that I do with David Barton and, 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 and talked about that morning of the inauguration, going to the uh, to the to the uh, prayer meeting and and uh, uh, and and, and, and uh, of, of Donald Trump and, and, and actually getting to be there with that small crowd prior to the inauguration. And I think, you know, that 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 happened, that election happened and now produced this outcome that should encourage you to show up and vote. Everybody that's listening right now. Get out there and vote like uh, 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 Hannah was saying in Ohio. It's 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 primary day there. Uh, be there and vote today. Mike in Arkansas has the next call. Mike, uh, what part of Arkansas are you calling from? Bella Vista. All right. Well, I'm, I'm originally from Little Rock. I just admitted that on the air. Oh. I can never run for office in Texas again. <laughs> Go ahead, brother. Well, What's your comment that. or question? I I had two kind of quick comments I was going to make. Number one, I think we heard from a lot of Ruthie Bader Ginsburg's staffers around the time of the funeral, and uh, they're still in that building. So I wouldn't be surprised if we couldn't point at some time to one of them doing the leak. But then on a more philosophical side, isn't it funny for the last 40, 50 years, all we've heard about global warming is the science, the science, the science, the science, the science. Wouldn't it be great if we could apply the same kind of science to what we've had in the medical arena uh, for that same period of time toward abortion and really get the truth out about what the options are for these young women. It, uh, yeah. It's just a lot of hypocrisy in all this. We live in a time where the truth is lies and lies are truth. That's all there is to that. Mike, you're spot on, man. That's uh, In fact, my buddy Brad Stein, this uh, Comedy Constitution event, we We've been doing across Texas and, and around the country. That's his main point um, in, in those uh, in, in that event is that he says this is about truth and lies. That's what it all comes down to. It's not Republican, Democrat, it's not conservative, liberal. It's not even Christian atheist. It's truth and lies. And we have to be willing to fight for the, that truth. And you're right on the left. 
because they don't believe in right and wrong, because they don't believe in truth, they don't believe in moral absolutes, they are willing to lie and cheat and steal and do whatever it takes, and they destroy everything they touch. And so being able to, to manipulate science, claim that certain things are science when it's not, ignore actual science, that's par for the course for them. We have to be purveyors of truth. We have to be hungry for truth. We have to seek that truth nowadays. You don't get it easy these days. you got to really dig in to find truth. And then once you find it, you got to stand for it and fight for it. Great call, Mike. Appreciate your comments there. All right, we got Eartha in Georgia calling from the great state of Georgia. They've also got a big uh, big election going on there and a, a crowded primary for the Republican nominee, Herschel Walker, and others running. Some good folks running. There's lots of good candidates in that race. Makes us to see what's going to end up happening there. Uh, but Eartha, thanks for calling in. We only got two minutes, so got to make it fast. Go for it. Great. So I am one of those people who don't fight it your dem demographic. Um, I personally would never encourage my daughter, my granddaughter, or anyone else in my family to have an abortion. But being part of the medical field and having a history of um, my mother and grandmother practicing in the medical field back in the 70s, back in the 60s, back in the 50s, unfortunately, if we make it illegal for these young ladies to have a safe place to go and have an abortion, they're going to have an abortion. They're going to have illnesses. They're going to have issues um, that are going to create other costs. Also, I'm glad you mentioned the late-term abortions that, unfortunately, our healthcare um, elderly people, not only elderly people, but a lot of people that come back from war in the military, we try as veterans to have, um, in the Veterans Administration, they have um, programs in place, but a lot of our veterans don't have support. So I would like to see that energy go towards not only Eartha, I gotta, I gotta cut you off. I'm so sorry. Great call. Uh, please call in again Thursday, and we can pick up this conversation. I would simply ask you: Would you apply the same principle to other issues? Like, well, you know, if we outlaw uh, child molestation or we don't give uh, child predators a safe place to do that, they might do it in, in, in other places. Or, or drugs, uh, they're going to do it anyway. So let's give them safe needles and make it easier for them to do that. So I think we had to be careful with that principle. You, you don't make something legal or allow for it to happen because it might be worse for a handful of people. Uh, once you per once you allow for it to be legal in the in the whole community. Uh, you devalue life. Anyway, I wish we had more time, Eartha. Please call back in Thursday. Folks, we are out of time for today. AFA at the core. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Rick Green. Check out my website today at patriotacademy.com. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.